Welcome to the Space of the Waste, featuring host Melody Edmondson. Do you struggle with the right look to complement your body shape? Have you tried so many different looks and styles only to be disappointed time and again? You've landed on the right program. We'll show you how to make the right style work in your favor. Now, here is Melody Edmondson. Hello, this is your host, Melody Edmondson. We are on the air with Paula Cannon from Peg, Pin to Peg from the UK. She is here to speak to us on the Space of the Waste here on the Variety Channel, the show, The Space of the Waste. We're going to let her talk to us about just about whatever she wants to, especially about how she is the founder and award-winning designer for corporate wear and uniforms and many things like that. Uh, Paula, do you want to talk to them also about some of the stuff that I'm not very good at, like the technical support and uh, sourcing and uh, social media services she also does, but she sources for her clients. She finds the fabrics. She designs and produces the fabric, the fashions or the silhouettes, the uniforms, uh, most recently from a bank that I have a many accolades about from Paula on these bank uniforms. The company was very pleased with them. And she's coming from Rugby, England in the UK. And she went to the University of Limerick. And you can find her at www.pentopeg.com. Welcome, Paula. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Thank you. We got off to a little slow start. I had another tech problem, but this time it wasn't my fault. So that's good. Okay. <laughs> Paula, tell us about your company. Okay, I will. Um, my specialty is corporate clothing design and workwear design. So I've spent 16 years. Uh, I've been in the industry for probably 25 years. But um, I went from fashion to specialize in the corporate wear industry because I found it so fascinating working with so many different people across the globe, working with companies who had um, major branded companies, airlines and banks across the world um, and, you know, designing garments for every age group, every size for men and women, um, you know, and not just taking into consideration that, you know, I was designing for, you know, to a brand who already had a color and a, and a, and a big department marketing department that was very passionate about their logo. Then I had to take the design, usually very competitive tenders I would go in for as well. So these tenders go out for these um, companies and you have to put illustrations and designs together that are going to knock the socks off the competition. So it's not just got to be a, you know, adhere to the rules of the branding, but you've got to come up with something that the employees are going to love to wear. And of course, something that comes in to a budget of sorts as well. Yes. So, so my experience really is working with um, 
in so many different age groups and profiles and people of all ethnic minority groups, um, maternity, because of course you can't be seen to leave anybody out. You know, That's when it right. comes to the collection. All inclusive. So be all inclusive. And, and that means, you know, um, also co-designing with employees, sitting with them, asking them what they really want. You know, that's when you get the really great nuggets of information when you sit with the employees and you find out what makes them tick, what makes their job easier, you know, what can yes. I design into the garment that's going to be better for them? Mm-hmm. Pockets or stretch or whatever. Exactly, exactly. And you can imagine what maybe somebody's cabin crew might have a wish list, but then of course the pilots will have a wish, wish list, you know, and, um, you know, and it's not just the airline industry. Every industry has its, um, you know, the little things that make a difference. Like, you know, sometimes I can be on a train doing a train uniform design and the ticket collectors, they have, um, you know, th- th- they want so many pockets for every little thing they have to carry because they're a walking office, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> They are their own office and everything they, they have on their person is what they've got to carry, you know. So it can be often very huge things and huge pieces of equipment. Um, but, you know, as technology comes on and things, you know, are getting everybody's, you know, technology has improved things in the uniform industry because you do not, no longer have to carry, for instance, manuals with you everywhere you go and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, of course, like... Um, you know, the uniform industry throws up a lot of things when it comes to sizing. And um, I'm very passionate about getting the size right for everybody. Now, of course, getting 100% fit for everybody is really difficult. But, you know, it's as you can imagine, getting that fit right is difficult. And it is more difficult for women than men because in menswear, they're very used to having um, the availability of short, regular, and long fittings. You know, yes, in, in jackets, in 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 shirts, is all by neck size, and then so they're very used to buying their garments to a specific short, regular, long fitting. They usually know what they are. Yes, and which is yeah, yeah. I think that's right. <laughs> women don't though, and women's shapes vary so much, especially across different cultures, you know, you really do. There's a huge variety of women's and women don't generally get the option of having short, regular and long fittings. Yes. I wish so, they did. Yes, I bet you do. <laughs> I wish it was balanced, waisted, short, waisted and long waisted. I know I'm a broken record, but folks <laughs> out there know me, but yeah. I won't interrupt. Go ahead. So, so, just like you say, it's really, it's a very difficult thing. So when I'm designing for um, uh, uniforms, it's completely different to designing in retail because retailers have a target avatar. You know, every retailer will have a target audience. They will know what body shape they're making for. They will know what size profile they're making for. Whereas I have to come in to design a complete range of garments. And all these women and men are buying in different retailers across the globe. Okay. So what I would call a good average size 12 in the UK, we make our samples mostly in the UK size 12, um, probably your size 10, I think in the States. But what I think it's an eight. Or an eight. I think there's eight. three sizes, I think, but I don't know. I should have checked that actually. Yeah. But, uh, so the thing is, you know, if I make the garments in a size, in a size 12, um, 
you know, that size 12 can be different in, in, in each retailer you go to, because if somebody's making for 18 to 24 year olds, that size 12 can maybe be an eight in a different collection in their mm-hmm. collection. That's so, a modern sizing. Yeah. Yeah. So no longer there is no um, there is no such thing as British standard sizing. Although the funny thing is, like you guys in the States, we're yes. still using British standard sizing that was done in the 1950s. When, yeah. When hourglass figures were more than norm. Yes. And of course, now that's just not the case, you know. Exactly. Even one of the biggest retailers here in the UK, the one of the mass retailers, um, uh, Marks and Spencers, is yes. known, right? You know, for um, a good sort of go-to place for average clothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even they say that their um, the average woman in the UK is a size sixteen now, not mm-hmm. a twelve. But we can, the industry continues to make samples in a size 12. And um, one of the ways I've been able to counteract that when I work uh, with uh, in uniform is I don't make samples just in a size 12. I create a size 12 mannequin. I create a size 16 mannequin and I create a size 22 mannequin. I do the same in menswear. Because you're not just grading up straight grade rules. It's not as just as easy as that. You can't just say, here's my size 12. I'm going to add on five centimeters, you know, here or there. And, you know, each time I grade, because the balance will be off, you know, where does the pocket sit when you get up to a size mm-hmm. 22, 26? So that's why I refit garments in three different group groupings. So I do the 12, then downwards, 16, and then again at 22, so that I can get those garments looking great for everybody because yes. you've got to be inclusive. You know, if, if not everybody is the perfect size 12, let's face it, most people aren't. Right. So there are a few things that you can do to help. And that's one of the things. The other thing is we were manufacturing a lot of our product in the Far East. And of course, when our garment technicians would go out to the Far East, they had nobody to try these garments on. So what we did is we sent these mannequins to the Far East, copies of these to the Far East as well, so that people, uh, when when our garment technicians went out there, it saved time, it saved back and forth. They could try them on the mannequins there, even the larger sizes. And you can do a FaceTime so you can watch them, put it on there and tell them what you want to do with the puppet or this or that. Yes, 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 exactly. Love it. But, you know, I mean, sizing is probably the biggest bugbearer for a lot of people in the uniform industry and the the retail industry, because especially in uniforms, because you're making to order, you know, you're not making a collection and hoping it's going to sell. You're making to order for the actual number of people in that uh, in that company. Yes. If you have extras, they're going back into stock, you know and hope that somebody's going to take that size again. So there's, there's actually a huge amount of returns when it comes to um, uniform. And that's so costly because generally the, the, the companies, you could be sending stuff from the UK to, to across the globe anywhere and uh, having to fly it back if it's the wrong size, you know, and that's a whole wardrobe full of the, the size that they ordered, but it might be the wrong size. So mm-hmm. my passion is like getting rid of the dreaded measuring tape how do we get rid of the measuring tape yes I've said it for years yes so one of the things that um you know i did a lecture a few years ago at one of the conferences in the uk to say that if only we could get rid of the measuring tape 
um, life would be so much easier. Let's get rid of the numbers. Let's get rid. And some people I know have tried to do things with them, um, getting rid of numbers like um, like maybe names or you know, just calling the sizes one, two, and three. Not yes. Two, uh, any zeros on the end of anything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but the thing is, it's good psychology. <laughs> it is psychology, but but it still doesn't work because people, number one, they might try and measure themselves with a ruler, like a, a straight ruler, or they might get the measuring tape they use for DIY out, or they might measure from the wrong end of the measuring tape and just get it totally wrong. I can, can't yes. tell you how many times I've looked at the size chart and said, Nobody has a sleeve that size, you know, that length, you know. Um, so, so, so my passion really is getting rid of the measuring tape and get, but still getting great fitting clothing. So how do we do that? Well, I have been doing quite a bit of work with a company called 3D Look. 3D Look, okay. 3D Look. Um, and there are a few other companies doing something similar, but what they do is they have created an app um, that uniform companies can buy and distribute to employees and the employee downloads the app onto their mobile phone and they just take two pictures one picture in front of a mirror straight on with tight fitting clothing and then one side profile photograph now that information on the app will go back into the cloud and get get married up with a size chart now what this does is it'll give um the app takes at least 107, maybe 150 measurements of the body, um, both um, measurements of the skeletal, skeletal measurements and measurements of, you know, um, tall, um, how do I say it, tall and round measurements around the body and up and down the body. And yes. um, those measurements get put into, they marry up with the size chart of the company and it will tell the person what size they should be ordering. Okay, because some people don't like to see the size. I mean, you know, some people just don't like to see those figures. They don't want to admit they're a certain size. But this this is a no brainer because it actually will measure people without having to send uh, measuring teams around the world, which is still the norm for some companies. Um, This is done purely on the app. And I've seen it and I've tested it and I know it works. And I can see this being the future for both uniform and retail yes um, in fact online yes um, and in store you know i know in store and online i mean it should be 101 before you buy yeah exactly and, and they need to put all of the fabric uh what's in the fabric on the sites i've noticed some people have stopped doing that that's that's a horrendous thing to do no yeah. one's going to buy anything especially at the high end without knowing what the fabric is. That's why I buy designer is because I like natural fibers only, mm-hmm. you know, and I mark wear a mark down. Yes. I don't pay regular retail very often, but the point is when they quit putting the fabric on there, you know, you don't know what you're getting. Yeah. So anyway, I got off course, but continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I think that um um by law, we have to put fabric uh, composition into the garments in the UK. I but I'm talking about online. They're quitting to do it. Oh, okay. Oh, I know on the on the websites itself. Yes. Yeah. Like well, yeah. if you go to Saks or I think it was Saks, I went to buy something on sale. It wasn't YOOX. They're very good. And Net-A-Porter, they're good at putting it on there. 
but I believe, and I'm not for certain, but it was some high-end retailer I went to to buy something and they didn't have the fabric. And another one was uh, uh, Verisai or um, some kind of uh, a, a site that I saw on Etsy and then it got advertised on uh, regular ads like on uh, Facebook or something. And they don't have the fabric. So yeah. I was going to buy a sweater, but I'm not going to buy it unless I know it's 100% cotton. I'm not going to yeah. buy anything but 100% cotton in a sweater because I get, you know, uh, I'm into Arizona. So, you know, don't need yeah. wool, don't need cashmere, but yeah. you I need mean, the fibers. Yes, yeah, you do. I and mean, the Fit 3D, that's where you were at. 3D, yeah, 3D body for, scanning. Yeah. 3D look is going to, revolutionize the industry i definitely think that is like this technology and it's not just one company because that's only one company i've worked with but there are lots of companies doing it now across europe who are creating these um apps that are going to totally revolutionize the fit for people yes you know from this app you could actually have a a completely if you wanted you could use it for tailor-made garments tailor-made for that person yes for customs custom made so um definitely is the future and it's definitely the way to go in terms of ditch the measuring tape let's get rid of this measuring yes. tape for once and for all you know it's not all yes. about the figures and you know ultimately what most people want is comfort they want something that looks yes. great yes but they want comfort as well yes yes and, and unless you've got a great fit you don't have comfort you know that's so, right and um, even those with great bodies are now used to living in their yoga clothes from covid so it's going to be hard to get back into a suit unless it's got the stretch in the pockets and and isn't skin tight because uh even though it can be fitted it's got to be movable you know yeah. or she's she or he are going to have a hard time translating yoga pants into a suit. You know? Exactly. I mean, who now wants to buy a pair of jeans? It doesn't have stretch in. Really, nobody wants no to buy one. a pair of jeans without stretch. You know, no it's such, and, and, you know, I did an article recently on LinkedIn about the demise of the suit, because as a result of COVID, of course, and I'm in the suit industry, the, the corporate clothing mm-hmm. industry. I couldn't mm-hmm. be closer to it. But people are generally not going to want, number one, there's such a costly garment to make. Um, it's, you know, the, the tailored suit for men or the tailored suit for women, it's very, very costly to make. Now, of course, there are some companies who will still wear the tailored suit and will still want it. In the UK, very much the banks want the suit. Book. Yes. Um, but across Europe, you'd be surprised to know very, very few banks wear uniforms at all. You know, they don't wear uniforms in a lot of the European mm. banks. Um, mm. In the UK, we're very, very pro-uniforms. And in Ireland, mm-hmm. um, actually, they were very pro-uniforms, but uh, especially in bank banking and in airlines mm-hmm. and uh, in train companies and travel companies. Um, so... So they're identifiable. Yeah. You see, they've got to be, it's a security thing it's, as well, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly. It's, you know, you you don't, you, especially in the airline, of course. Yes. You, know, you don't, don't want everybody getting in, yeah. you know. Exactly. exactly. And, um, you know, the great thing is that um, if you can, 
if you're giving a uniform to people, they want it to fit and they want it. But but just to go back to the suit, I do believe there'll still be suits. Uh, I do too. I do too. Demand, but with comfort added in. Yes. So it's going to have to be fabric with stretch. It's going to have to be linings with stretch. It's going to have to be, um, you know, allowances made. Um, yes. And I just, when I was spot, speaking to the uh, just retired president of Joan Voss Knitwear, he would, Mike Dees, he told me that the big thing that is selling out and selling out all over New York when he was there and other places now, because I tried to find my husband one, it was pretty hard, but this, they call it Ponte Knit, P-O-N-T-E, and I know they call what uh, uh, a lot of women's uh, fabrication, Ponte Knit, but this isn't rayon this is mostly cotton and it probably does have some poly some of them and it has the stretch so it's almost like a double face knit and they have it in unlined and it's tailored with you know the the collar the pockets everything for men and women and i know theory has um uh there even lululemon has it, even though that's a, you know, yoga wear, but they do have a blazer as does theory. And I'm sure there's many others out there, but they are fantastic. And I think a man's entire suit or a woman's entire suit made in that would be absolutely fabulous. So I think there's a lot that can be done with this double faced cotton knit. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I worked with um, Nationwide Building Society in the UK about seven years ago. We introduced the Ponte jacket for women, a Ponte dress. Um, and yet and it was unlined. So it looked just like that. It was you get that tailored look without yes. having, um, you know, the structured. Jacket. Right. And it's more and comfortable. Guess what? You don't have to get it dry cleaned. You can right. <laughs> and uh, how many years ago was that? It was about seven years ago. Yeah. And it's a big, big deal now. So I would strongly suggest sourcing out some of that fabric. And um, the I'm trying to think of the person. I bought some myself from Theory, but I bought something from someone else. I can't think of the name of it. And I am a label whore, so you'd think I would. But... <laughs> But I don't remember who it was, but I bought myself a suit and I bought my sister a suit and I found it at a more Mark Spencer type store Dillard's here uh, in uh, Tucson, Arizona. And it was had the zippers going this way, which is perfect for me because I'm short waisted with the uh, vertical rather than horizontal zippers so that when the nipped in waist didn't quite fit my waist but hits my hips because I'm short-waisted it wasn't noticeable because I was wearing a black knit top on the outside of the waistband you know and then I had the trouser which didn't have a pleat obviously and it had a flat front so there my little short waist was clear way up and it wasn't even noticeable because I had the shirt on the outside. I had the knit jacket and it talk about comfort. And I wear that 12 months in Arizona, only not in the hot, hot, 
you know, maybe not June, July and August, but, you know, and my sister also who lives in Oklahoma, who does have a winter there, she uh, can wear it and put like a cashmere sweater under it, you know, or just wear it up until October and then put it away and pull it back out the next year. But anyway, I'm, I'm a big fan of this now since I spoke to Mike and since I had such a hard time finding sizes for my husband because he's tall, but but he's only 180 pounds, but he's, he's tall and uh, has a long leg because he's, you know, 6'2". But I finally found him three and we kept all three of them because, you know, <laughs> they're too hard to find. But I hope there's going to be more of them well, and more for women and more for banks. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, you know, once people find, I've had people say to me, Paula, you know, it's so amazing. It's the first time I've had something that actually fits my body shape, you know. You know that's tailored because not it's, it's difficult sometimes to buy these things that aren't you know it's you know they're going to fit everybody in the right way as you know yeah a little bit different I mean gone are the days where women are the perfect hourglass figure you know that's just you know it's just not happening people are you know, so many different and, and actually when I deal with companies who are uh, making uniform across different countries like across the states into China into Asia you know, you're talking about a completely different body shape there as well. So it's, you know, it really is, um, it really is something you have to consider um, and adjust your patterns accordingly, you know? Yes, absolutely. Um, Let me ask you this. Uh, I know I asked you a lot about it before the show began, but I want to bring up my my passion, of course, short-waisted and long-waisted and balance-waisted. And you mentioned that men, of course, have their regular and their long and their short. And essentially, I just feel that if women and maybe the, the 3D look and all of these other scanners is going to solve the problem, uh, but they better hurry up and get to every single website on the net, because I think since people have been shopping on the net, they're going to get on the internet and be shopping because it saves a lot of time. And the only problem is all of the returns and what happens with all of that uh, $900 trillion worth of returns that is not good for sustainability and it's not good for the companies. And there's a lag time between return time because sometimes they give you two to three months usually 30 days, but many give you 60 to 90 days to return it. And then the season's over, they're marked down, they're out, and they're really going to lose a lot of money on that. And sometimes it just, you know, is devastating to the company. But I think that if there were merchandise created for the body, for the waist length, that would solve a lot, just like it did for men with short long and regular. If we had balanced waisted, long waisted and short waisted, it wouldn't be the same garment though. Balanced waisted and long waisted could probably do the exact same silhouette with just different um, measurements because of a long waisted woman. Many long waisted women are short legged. It just turns out they have longer necks, larger protruding collarbones, longer leg, longer arms, but shorter legs. That's a fact that's been documented. And then with the short-waisted, many are tall and lean, but 
you know, have three and a half, four inches in between their bottom of their bra band or between the boobs and the waist, they don't have very many inches. So they can't wear all of these classic silhouettes. Their jacket needs to be longer and leaner with no pockets except vertical and no horizontal big patch pockets because that is going to fit on her hips, the widest part of her body. So that Lots of, lots of people are short-waisted. In my studies, 70% of women around the world, 70% of women are, are short-waisted. And 15% are long-waisted and 10% are balanced. So I just am hoping that someday we get that addressed. But I realize it's with all of this information I'm getting from you, that every single store has their own avatar, that gets to be mind boggling. And I'm going to say, this is just me, but I'm going to tell you that I don't think there are, um, I do not believe that there are people in those retail stores that actually know what is best. I think they take, I'm sorry, but they take their best selling, you know, like whatever their vendor is, if they're in designer and they sell a lot of something, they'll use those measurements. If they're in moderate, they will take their best seller and give you those measurements. And if they're in missy, uh, moderate, they will do the same. So they may have a contemporary customer, a designer customer, and a Missy customer, all different price ranges, all different body shapes, all different sizes. And so they take their best sellers and give you that. Now, that's, that is smart. But if you really want to improve the stats for retailers and for wholesalers and for the sustainability of the planet and the shrinking those 900 trillion dollars worth of returns i strongly think that we sh people like you can offer them a better option like okay i know we've always done this and i know that it up but here's what i'm preferring i'm preferring these patterns because it allows for shorter waist longer waist and balanced waist and here's how i suggest you buy it it's up to you. You can still use your own if you prefer, but here's how, just about how we're different. And you could show the difference in the patterns from yours and their recommended, and you can say why you think yours would be better. And this is a good way to start. And then once you are so successful because you get less returns, clients are more happy, the stores don't have the problem of sending them back and having to get more and more uniforms from you. And they think, boy, this girl's got a magic solution. Forget, you know, forget the, even if you have the 3D scanner by whomever, look or whomever, you have a method that you already know is needed because you have 20 years of experience, 16 years of experience. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, one, like in a uniform, you can't just make one jacket to fit all bodies. To right. Shape. You can't just have one style of trouser for all body shapes. Because right. Some people are bigger thighs. Some people have bigger bums. You know, some people have a bigger tummy. So, you know. Yes. 
you've got to have, I always say you've got to have more than one lady's trouser style, at least three, I suggest, mm-hmm. when you do uniform so that you are covering all body types, you know. So yes. it's something that people forget. Like you can't possibly get every single woman's body type into one style of trouser. It just doesn't work. And people won't put up with that now. You know, they just they're used to getting what they what they they choose to buy, where they choose to buy their garments. They don't want to have the uniform company saying you have to wear this style and this style only, because what they'll do is they'll refuse to wear it. They'll tell them they have to wear it on every flight. This is how everyone's going to see them. They have to wear it every day. You know, they're not going to want like if I'm short waisted and I had to wear a fitted and flared jacket with big patch pockets and it was demanded. I either wear that or a safari jacket that has the great big pockets on the chest, great big pockets on the hips and a belt, which I look like crap. In both of those silhouettes, I need a long lean jacket with extra long arms and the pockets being besom and going vertical or no pockets at all. Yeah. You know? And Definitely. there you go. The less, um, you know, the less features you have in the waist area, the better in terms of getting this, getting a style of suits everybody. So one of the things I always get asked for is, can you make like a fitted dress for our collection? Can you make, can you make a fitted dress? And so you can't make a fitted, one fitted dress style to suit all body shapes because, you know, because we're not balanced top and bottom. Some, you know, some people right. have, um, some people have a, say a 16 bust and a 12 hip or a yeah. inverted triangle, shoulders, exactly. large bust, but wider waist and skinnier hips. Uh-huh. So how do you, how, yes. so how, I, how I counteract that is I will do a top and a skirt that looks all in one color that looks like um, a dress from a distance, but really yes. two pieces. Yes. So then you get to cover more body shapes. Right. You know, You're a magician. <laughs> It just you have so you. many tricks and tips up your sleeve. <laughs> I don't know. I just want people to be happy. You know? Yes, I, yes, me too. And beautiful. They mm. can look beautiful. I've seen such changes in people when I've helped them when they're long-waisted or short-waisted and they have a certain body shape and I go and take them shopping and they come out and they, they love how they look and they get all. And even if they're unsure because they've never really looked right. So they're not sure about what I've done. When they get all the compliments from everybody, then they get it, you know, because I, a lot of women think no matter what their shape, they've got to have a belt that everybody wants to see a woman in a belt, even if she's very short-waisted. And usually it's because they have a bus line, they have shoulders, they don't have a narrow waist, but they have narrow hips. So for some reason, they think they look better, whether they're short-waisted or long-waisted, with a great big belt. And it's yeah. taken a lot for me to teach them that if you do a shirt waist that's straight on the bottom and you yeah. don't wear a belt, or at the very least, a self-fabric belt that's not bowed, but you rip it and you take it to the seamstress and have her put snaps so it just looks like it's part of the dress going Mm -hmm. around so you don't even notice it. And then you can have the V-neck or the open neck. If you want to show cleavage or show your shoulders or whatever, 
uh, then you'll still notice the tiny part on the bottom. Nothing's yeah. going to get missed because yes, whether if your face is beautiful, your hips are narrow and you're, you have a nice bust line, you want to accent your features. But many, many times women are very used to say, well, no, Melody, why do you always wear those uh, flyaway tops? Why do you always wear flyaway jackets or long lean tunics and long ling. I go, because I'm short-waisted. Let me show you what how stupid it looks if I puck, tuck this shirt in and my waist is up here and my <laughs> boobs are two inches, below, three inches below that, why I don't wear high-waisted pants. You know, there are reasons for this. And one time I lost 30 pounds. It was last year. Gained 15 of it back, but let's just say, and I wore this very same clothes. And my friend goes, why do you still wear those baggy, baggy jackets? I go, it's not baggy. It's straight. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not. Lover. I'm a great lover of a caftan myself. I love it. <laughs> you know, there we go. They can look so fabulous when you layer up your caftan over a wide pair of trousers. And, you know, you can, you can you know, maybe wear a top with a binged in waist oh, and the caftan can look so classy and floaty yeah. and beautiful. Um, so it, it, it's really, and you know, everybody's got their own style. I, I am a designer of uniforms. I have to give them a style for yes. everybody. That's difficult. But when you've got a choice to wear your own style, the clothing you choose to buy yourself. Yeah. You, you know, it's all about, you've got to know yeah. what looks best. Like you say, not everybody knows what looks best on them, you know? Yes. yes, that's what I'm saying. And you do, like, say if you do your uniform and say maybe one of your jackets is fitted, kind of classic tailored jacket with a bezom, or you can put the flap out on the pocket going horizontal. That will fit some balanced and long-waisted. And then if you did a longer, leaner jacket with the pockets B-SOM going this way that do not have flaps that come out for the yeah. female, I'm saying, yeah. and yeah. have the same neckline, the notch collar or the lapel or whatever, then perhaps, and, and a flat front pant that has a boot cut or not too wide of a flare because if you're shorter, it won't look good. Something like that. And hey, if it's got stretch, maybe you'll you'll hit. Yeah, it's got to have know, 20, 11 body shapes, at least six body shapes and three waist lengths. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there is something, you know, when I'm designing, I've got to think about that. I've got to think about every body shape, different lengths, what's going to suit. Is there something? So I will create a working wardrobe so that that wardrobe, everything in that wardrobe isn't going to suit every person, but every person in the employed by that company can pick something out of that wardrobe to suit themselves. Right. And even if they're pregnant. <laughs> yeah. You got to keep, you got to consider all, you know, you know, um, maternity wear up front as well because you can't leave them out you can't leave and if anybody needs to wear a hijab at work we can't leave them out we've got to consider that you know so if somebody has to have their arms completely covered we've got to consider that so when I create a working wardrobe it, it is exactly that it's a wardrobe and people can pick and choose out of that wardrobe if they want knits they can choose a knitted top if they want a tailored shirt they can choose a tailored shirt if they want a, a bootleg trouser, they can have that. But if they want a long, wide uh, leg trouser, they can have that. And these come in short, regular, long fittings as well. 
So that is the ideal scenario. You give people a wardrobe and they choose what they're comfortable in. You're not exactly okay. saying every single person has to wear exactly what I'm. This okay. one well, that's good. I like that. I like that you have it that way. And the other thing is, like, if I add accessories to a collection, scarves and ties and and hair hair pieces and things, then people can choose to put a little bit of their personality by the way they might tie their scarf or the way they might, the particular men's tie they might choose. Some people, men are more, you know, outgoing, so they'll have a louder tie and other men will have something more subdued. And, you know, so you're giving people something that still works together as a collection and looks like the brand, but you're giving people choice to wear, to choose a little bit of their own personality and bring it into it as well. That's ingenious also. Mm. Very, very much so. And I liked your idea. uh, We were talking about before we are on the air about the uh, kind of gauter idea where you, I know I have some because because my bust line is large uh, and I buy tunics, I always have to take them in on the side mm-hmm. because they're too wide. And yeah. I usually have to uh, take them up in the wrist because they're too big in a large, yeah. uh, like a medium would fit, but the bust doesn't work. And nor does the shoulders because I'm 40 inches in the shoulder from all the athletics and gymnastics and everything else. So I have to take a lot of things in. And I like the idea. I did buy once for a jacket because I didn't have time to get it altered. I bought one of those garter things that has a clip and a clip. And then you gathered in the back and clipped it here and clipped it there. Um, And that worked. The only thing is with that, uh, if you walk around and you sit down a lot and you're rumbling around with me, with children going, you know, going over to my sisters and having kids to hang, you know, play with, that came undone. So I'm just saying, I think that's a good idea for someone wanting a quick, I mean, it probably wouldn't work for uniforms, but it would for if they're pregnant, say, you know, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there are things that I add into uniforms to make them more flexible for different body types. For instance, when I do a tailored shirt for women and men, I do extra button, an extra button on the cuff so that if you've got a shorter sleeve, you can tighten up the cuff and they're not falling down under your shirt. There you go. If one of your um, arms or shoulders are a different yeah. length. Yes. And if, if you're if I'm doing ladies fitted tailored shirts I will do more buttons than usual uh, closer together so as they don't gap so that if they are wearing them a little bit too tight they the the blouse doesn't gap so these are little tricks of the trade you know sometimes hidden hidden elastics on the waistbands that can be tightened and let loose say after Christmas yes I love these ideas but these little things just give longevity to a garment it means there's less throwaway that people aren't coming back for more garments because they've grown out of them or you know so we're trying to look at things that give the garments longevity and yes. that in turn gives us a sustainable angle as well, because the Sounds longer you can make it last, the more sustainable we are being in this, you know, and the more circular we can make our fashion, you know? 
Absolutely. That is just genius. You have covered all the bases. I can't think of anything you don't know (laughs) about what you're doing. You are amazing. And to think that not only are you creative, but you're also techie and you can also speak in front of people without being so shy. I mean, most designers, I find a lot of designers that I've asked to be on the show and they'll say, I would love to, but I don't speak in front of people. I go, no one's going to see you. It's just going to be your voice. I don't care. I can't, I can't, I can't. (laughs) Even retail store owners that have little boutiques and they actually, they work in the stores, but because their clients are repeat, you know, almost, they know all of their clients by their first names. She she also would not come on. And then I have all kinds of people asking to be on the show. They're usually sales managers, marketing managers, the outgoing types. But here today, I have met someone who has all the bases covered. I think you are fantastic, Paula. And I wanted to ask if there's anything you want to bring up that uh, I have not covered. Uh, I know you uh do so many things but i'm noticing i have a remodel going on in my background that i didn't know about so i think we're going to cut our session short that's okay melody i just wanted to say you know it was a delight being on your program (laughs) thank you paula cannon so sorry for the noise with a major reconstruction going here at the radio station from Melody Edmondson and Paula Cannon. Thank you so much. I will bring you back again. You have just been fantastic. And I'm very blessed to have had you today, Paula. Sorry for the di- so, so sorry for the disruption. And thank you again. You're so knowledgeable. Pin to peg, Paula Cannon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Space of the Waste. Please join host Melody Edmondson again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next time.